0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 3rd of November 2022. I am Stephen Scott, and coming up today on the show, we're going to be talking all about, well, keyboard shortcuts. Don't get too excited now. Oh, and more of your feedback coming. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your host, Stephen Scott. Yes, welcome along. It is me. Hello, Stephen Scott with you today. Uh, no Sean Priest today, unfortunately. He's not feeling great. you probably heard that over the past couple of days he's not been feeling the best. Well, you know what? We had to kind of force him onto a bit of a break. You know, he wouldn't go. I mean, I've tried to get rid of him for a long time. He will not go easily, uh, but... <laughs> we have we have uh, given him a bit of a break just to uh, to try and get better. So look, get well soon, Sean. I know you'll be listening in, checking out the uh, competition, uh, who's sitting in your chair and all that stuff. I know that that kind of thing worries you, uh, but you know, thankfully for you, it's a friend. It's a friend of our
0: show. I would say, are you a friend of the shed, Robin Christofferson? I am huge fan. Yeah, huge fan. and he's got no worries at all about, you know, <laughs> me doing a good job compared to Sean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, don't worry, there's no standards like that set here at all, so we're absolutely fine. His job is safe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll be screaming for him to come back. Even Dean from New Zealand will be saying, do you know what, let's get Sean back on. Yeah, yeah.
0: on second thoughts, he'll say. "Yeah." <laughs> How are you, Robin? Really good. Yeah, really good. Thanks, Sean. Get better. Yeah, listen, thanks for ASAP. stepping into the...
1: The hosting chair today with me because uh, we've got a lot to talk about and actually this topic we're going to discuss today was something we'd been planning to do for a little while um, and it's on the subject of keyboard shortcuts we're going to get into keyboard shortcuts today and talk about you know different ones that we use because I have found over especially on the Mac side I know you're going to talk about Windows but I am going to talk about Mac and on the Mac side I have found so many keyboard shortcuts that I think are just brilliant. And I, you know, oftentimes you just hear about them. Maybe if someone on Twitter says, hey, have you checked this keyboard command out? Or sometimes there's those articles you see on websites that say, Mm. 10 essential keyboard commands you must know. And then you think, oh, I'll know all these. And then you find one and you go, wow, I did not know that was a thing. So yeah, we're going to talk about that today, right? I mean, keyboard shortcuts, for
0: us, they're, they're pretty important, right? Keyboard shortcuts are key they are that's how we drive <laughs> our computers they are key. yeah and you know honestly i know sean says that he only uses tab and spacebar which is definitely not the case he, he knows loads more than that but you know the more you know the more swift you can be and the more you feel like a ninja basically
1: absolutely that's right and you can move around things you can get around things really quickly um, yeah, it's really, really important. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to get into that a bit later. And we're going to kick off though with some feedback because we get so many of your messages in and we want to uh, read them out and play them out here. Uh, we do have the lovely Laura reading out our emails today. And uh, we're going to start, Robin, with a random poem.
2: Tappers, have you heard? Musk the nerd has bought the bird. The media has inferred that Trump's feed to be disinterred. Liberals are quite disturbed. Extremists no longer curbed.
1: So, <laughs> so that's referring to, of course, Elon Musk buying Twitter, right? Um, because the bird has been purchased, it's now free. Um, yeah, well, you Amazing. were all this. We were talking, of course, about all this uh, last week. Or was it last week? This week? Yeah, was it this week?
0: Uh, it's all a blur. I know, yes, it is a and bit, yeah. there's been loads of news since we talked about it as well. I know. So, so what's your, what's your yeah. thoughts on the blue tick thing? Because that was, of course, the big story yesterday. It seems like it's definitely going to happen. Uh, you know, this is for people who have verified accounts. So this is people who are, you know, bigwigs in the in Twitter sphere. Um, and you can, you know, they, they rely on Twitter for a lot of their brand and reaching their their audience. And, you know, it's a really, really good system because you, you know that they are people that have been vetted, checked out. They're not bots. They're not, you know, um, dubious accounts or anything like that. And yeah as soon as he got in the driving seat he wanted to charge those blue tick people a subscription each month. The first thing that came out was a rumor of 4.99 a month and then there were others that said $20 a month and it seems to have settled down doesn't it at around the $8 hmm. a month. Well, I think mark.
1: Stephen King apparently is that is the we've to thank for this because he had tweeted out $20 I'm not paying that and then Elon replied and said what about 8. <laughs> Yeah, it's like exactly. live negotiations were <laughs> so happening. Just
0: like how Elon <laughs> would, uh, would work. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I actually do the quite like that. I mean,
1: people, people want, well, that, this is the thing, right? I mean, there was a lot of things that had been done or has been done already at Twitter that would have taken months of meetings and strategy meetings and all the rest. And look, I've, I've worked for organisations like this. You know, it feels like nothing happens very quickly. Because you know there's so much red tape you have to get through, whereas he just walks in and says, "Look, we're doing it. We're doing it this way. That's the end of it." I mean, his his management style might be called into question. I think at some point, if it hasn't already, because he is treating um, he's treating the staff. I would say not by the sounds of it, not the greatest way. He sacked
0: loads of people in the sense of central circle yeah. who, and in breach of contract, he's he's basically gone against their contractual terms so i think there's going to be lawsuits there as well but no it's the kind of wild west his his style is really shoot from the hip isn't it so i yeah. love the way talking about you know him responding to stephen king well stephen scott at mentioned elon didn't you i did asking for third party apps to be brought up to par with the main twitter app around adding in alternative text images and i can't remember what else there was scheduling tweets maybe
1: that's my other Um, thing yeah i really want i want to see i mean i remember chicken nugget had the feature i know it was tied in to buffer yeah but i really would like that kind of thing back in say applications like spring or Mm -hmm. twitterific tw blue potentially um There's loads of them now that that are very accessible to us. And I just think that it'd be nice to be able to build those tools in because a lot of that functionality was taken out by
0: Twitter. If he's moving away from an ad-based revenue model to one where people do subscribe, then maybe he'll change his mind about third-party applications because the big beef there was that they weren't adding in the ads. So, uh, you know, people were paying for those apps and that's how they survived but Twitter didn't get any revenue so maybe you know this will that he'll ease up on that because he wants as many people to be on Twitter as possible
1: Yeah I mean it might be a case of the the way around that is that the Twitter application is subscription based so you can pay for the ad free version which might cost a bit more but you would get the complete ad free version, you would be you know blue ticked, all that stuff you know maybe that's the end result here How do you feel about that? I mean would you
0: would you pee to use Twitter? <laughs> well, I I tweet every day whenever I put out a, a podcast and on other things as well. But I always want to have an image associated with it and I want to have alternative text, obviously. So I've got no um, alternative. I have to use the Twitter app. I use the kind of web-based app for the desktop, which is basically, you know, a website wrapped into... Um, an app wrapper and it's fine really accessible we've covered it before um so you have to use that to tweet and i add an image i add alternative text i schedule it for later in the afternoon so that you know if america's woken up then more people will see it um and i use chicken nugget for everything else so would i pay to have to use the twitter app every single day just to do that one or two things depending on which shows i'm podcasting i'm putting out um I, reluctantly, I might move away from adding in images and scheduling it, because it's another subscription. It's like uh, death by a thousand cuts, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: I mean, how much more can we pay for per month? I mean, everything has a subscription cost. I mean, I think you might remember me telling you the story of the wallpaper app. <laughs> I stupidly subscribed to <laughs> seven ninety nine a month for a wallpaper on my home screen of my account. I mean, I, I pay less for wallpaper... <laughs> actual wallpaper on the walls of my house in a year than i spent on a one simple image to sit on my desktop which wasn't that particularly wonderful anyway from my understanding so i don't know what i was even thinking that day when i started that one but you know it's just that kind of thing that you know we're seeing this and and, you know it was interesting because of course amazon announced the other day that they're making their entire library over 100 million songs free to all prime subscribers um, so it's not really free because you're paying for it, but it's part of that package deal. And mm. what's interesting is that they're saying they'll do this, um, but it's in shuffle mode only. So I think you would maybe ask for a genre or something, and you'd be able to get music, but you can't you you can't choose directly what you want to listen to. If you do, yeah, you, would you can't have ask for an for album. That.
0: Yeah, yeah, which I prefer. To, that's how I would like to listen. So do I. But well, no, if I want to listen to so Neil
1: Diamond or something, I want to hear Neil Diamond. I don't want to hear you know, the the songs of Kanye West or whoever's, you know, not popular
0: today? The Amazon, uh, l- very limited um, prime music. It was, they didn't have that many albums in, you know, if you asked for an album, Fantastic 80s Guys, best album ever, um, doesn't have it, you know, it only has a very small selection. And that was that 2 million, which does sound like a lot, but I don't think it is. Um, certainly not when it comes to, you know actual albums all the tracks in, in in any given album. So, you know, I think this is a good thing because um for me, I pay for prime just for the delivery. <laughs> just for the next day or even same day delivery. Yeah. And everything else is icing on the cake for me. So, um yeah, that's a subscription that I will pay for. We should mention that Apple have recently made it much easier to view all your subscriptions if you go into settings and then tap on your profile because a lot of apps or other services give you so much free And then you forget and they rely on you forgetting to cancel before the the paid bit kicks in after a month or three months or something. So, um, yeah, you might be paying for more subscriptions than you think. So go in and have a look in there.
1: Yeah, I found out recently that I was paying, I think it was two or three pounds a month, not a huge amount of money, but just a couple of quid a month for iCloud storage. Mm-hmm. And I kept getting these, you know, £2.49, so $3, $4, something like that. And I was getting um, this taken out every month. And I'm thinking, what is this for? And then I contacted Apple. And I will say, if you haven't got the Apple support app, uh, you should get it. it honestly, it's brilliant because you can just I text no chat. Did you not know about this? This is honestly <laughs> brilliant. So you can you can contact Apple support in a text message style. Um, and what's great is th- that actually links into your iMessage, so you can you basically can just have a conversation with someone from Apple Support, and then not only mm. the conversation drifts into your iMessage app, so you can get the notifications when they respond. You can also keep that. So I have a record going way back with my you know Apple Support conversations, and what's cool is oftentimes I, I had I had gone on with this issue, and instead of having to go in and do that thing where you have to say oh hello it's my name is and this is what I'm at and my favorite color is this and you know cheese is my delight or you know whatever it is that you got to do to get <laughs> through to these people give them all the information um you know instead of that you just literally start the conversation and because they have the track of what you've said and they know your apple id they can just continue the conversation with you it is brilliant and with the bluetooth keyboard hooked up on the iphone i was like chatting away with them getting lots of information um really swift response as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would highly recommend the Apple support app if you if you need that. But yeah, they did tell me that I was paying for uh, iCloud storage for my wife and for my uh, family on my iCloud family account. But uh, that was on top of paying for an additional two terabytes plus two terabytes of iCloud storage on my main Apple account. So basically, there's storage I, I've got that I can apply to my yeah, wife and say, sharing. you can use this yeah. Yeah, through family sharing. But instead, I'm paying extra for her. I don't know how that happened, but apparently was she started bef- it before. Yeah, they've done exactly. A lot it to was kicked in before. Harmonized family before Apple yeah. One. Yeah, or was it? Yeah, is yeah. it? Is that what it's called? Apple One.
0: Yeah, um, um that's the packaged subscription of other things. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, family sharing. Now in iOS 16, we've got family uh, shared family albums. You know, for real, not like these things where. So what's the difference it, there? So your photo roll, your normal kind of camera roll, when you snap a shot, you have to move it somewhere else if you want it to be seen by other people. Um, So you'd have to move it into a shared album, and then you know depending on who that's been shared with. But now you can actually combine your camera roll with other people, um, which is brilliant. You know, sounds dangerous. um, Well, depends what you're doing. But um, you know, (laughs) for Judith and I, we shared an Apple ID for the longest time. And it worked fine because family sharing was so limited. Um, You can wangle it so that you don't see each other's text message, you know, iMessages and stuff like that. It just worked fine. But then we did um, extricate myself and I got a different ID and she has the main one. And gradually over time, we're now up to parity again because so many things weren't there like a shared camera roll, which we just want, you know, it's whoever's got their camera handy, you know, Well, it's Judith because she can see, you know, she snaps the shot. Her camera might not be there, but mine is. Mine's always a couple of gens ahead of hers. So I've got the better camera. So you just want the photos to flop into the same place. Um, So that is what that is now. And that is a very welcome addition. Uh, Obviously, you don't have to have them all going in there. You can do whatever you like. But yeah, family sharing now, guys, is really powerful.
1: Yeah, that, that's quite interesting, actually. I, I'm not really that bothered. I mean, I, I, no one needs to see pictures of my face, and I don't take any pictures. <laughs> Accidental screenshots. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, exactly. That's pretty much all my camera roll is. Accidental screenshots and random birthday events. That's kind <laughs> of it. And, a, and an occasional dog picture, because my wife will say, take a picture of the dog, because, you know, no one's ever seen a dog sitting down before, so we have a picture of a dog sitting down. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it, really I mean, I'm not the most adventurous when it comes to pictures Even when I go on holiday I'm not interested I remember the days when, you know, you actually You know, you used your memory for these Remember the memory? Remember where you'd have it in your head? pop
0: up? Mm, Oh, okay, those, sorry No, not (laughs) not that Those combined memories are brilliant, actually Because there's some video in there with audio as well So I can hear a little tiny bit of the montage. Well, that's more interesting to me, me, yeah.
1: I mean, I I know there's a few people out there who actually use the, you and I have got these, the um, uh, Sennheiser Ambio headsets. Mm. And, you know, they wear them walking around and they just, you know, they get the sound of the the area. Um, I'm a larger gentleman. And the problem with that is that you will hear the sounds of, say, Italy. But you'll also hear me heavy breathing my way through it, which is not the most... (laughs) <laughs> enjoyable experience for me listening back. Because <laughs> well, all I remember at that holiday is I need to lose more weight and eat less pasta. That's all I'm getting out of it. So, yeah. But anyway, um let's get back to the emails because there's a, a lot here. Now, Greg uh, sent us that random poem Greg from Pennsylvania, or Pennsylvania nice. Greg, as we like to call him. Uh, yep. But he also sent in another email. Here's what he had to say
2: Hello, Tappers. I've been playing around with Fusion Jaws 2023. And in my opinion, the new Smart Glance feature is a giant leap forward in navigating web pages that may not be ideally formatted. I'm very impressed with the creativity and innovation in this release. Regarding the lack of headphone jacks and Steven's assertion that USB headsets are the solution, I for one use ATMs and kiosks all the time as I move about the world, and they all use 3.5 mm jacks. So, as your beef about specialised tech is carrying lots of stuff, how many headphones should we carry, or how many small fiddly dongles do I have to search for on the ground around a train station ticket kiosk? There is a so-called healthy fast food restaurant in my town that would only take orders through an inaccessible kiosk. After much lobbying, they replaced it with a fairly accessible one with a headphone jack. Now, I feel morally compelled to eat there every so often, even though I learned I don't particularly care for their food much sometimes successful advocacy feels burdensome. That brings me to Anchor. Many of their products give you a very good quality-to-value ratio, but after much correspondence with them I've sadly learned that they have absolutely no interest in accessibility. None. So I am no longer their customer as a one-person boycott. I'm thinking about joining social media just to spread the word about the sad state of affairs with that entity. Greg in Pennsylvania.
1: I'm, I'm trying to write my memory as to what that actually that okay. feature
0: was. It is cool. So when in, in Windows with JAWS, when you open up a web page in Edge, for example, it gives you a summary, how many headings, how many you know links. You can change the, the level of verbosity that you get when, when the, on page load. Um, and you can hit H to go down through headings or 1, 2, 3 to jump to that level of heading, etc. And um, there's loads of keystrokes. Hopefully you're familiar with what they are. Um, but the new one is y now, on a web page, and it did point you at amazon um as a really good example of this, where they don't use h for properly marking up the different sections of the page. they just make the text big and bold, so it does some kind of clever a i stuff in analyzing the page on the load and it announces how many smart smart glances they are, and you can do y and shift y to jump through them you can do insert control y to bring the all the smart glances up into a list and it's basically capturing key areas that haven't been marked up properly so i think it was something like best offers or i can't remember what it was in the example that they gave in the the help notes for jaws 2023 but um it's really really good so if you on page load it's on by default if you hear it say so many smart glances then just hit y Because it will take you to kind of key sections of a page that obviously visually they want to draw your attention to. Mm. But we would otherwise not appreciate as being kind of like a main takeaway of the page. So really, really clever.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I remember it now. Okay, yeah, that's that's I couldn't remember what the the feature was. That's very interesting, actually, because there's a few websites I can think of. I'm quite keen to go and try that one. I haven't downloaded this latest version yet. At least I don't think I have. It'll um, prompt
0: you. So, yeah, um, you may or may not have, but you might have been busy and Nick kind of dismissed it at the time. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Very good release. Really solid and some nice new updates. We'll have to do another session on what's mm. new in Jules 2023 or get Matt, Matt Ader back on again.
1: And again, you know, it's evolution rather than revolution. But I kind of want that from a product like JAWS. I don't want them to be changing it all the time, although they obviously do have a lot of work to do to keep up with the ever-changing world of Windows 11. Um, So, you know, they they obviously have to keep up with that. But they seem to be doing pretty well, I mean, you know, despite all the changes. They don't break anything backward compatibility-wise,
0: though. So, you know, if if you want to ignore the new stuff or kind of get to grips with it in your own time, everything else still works. I mean, occasionally they will reassign something, but not very often at all.
1: Uh, now, Greg talks about Anchor there as well as an example of um, you know a, a company which is great for value but not great when it comes to accessibility. This is a real problem, Robin. Now, in your world in AbilityNet, this, one of the things you do in AbilityNet in the UK is you talk to companies, you go out there and you speak to companies and you try and explain to them the importance of accessibility in a wide range of different ways. Right? How do you how do you suppose we tackle this? Is that about Greg going on Twitter and saying you're all awful, or is there another way of doing
0: this? um advocacy is really important i wouldn't underestimate that whether you go all guns blazing onto social media or whether you try and contact them first and you know ask to try and engage about it but i mean you know if he's if if somebody's already tried to do that and they haven't got anywhere then you know by all means go onto the socials and and see if you can kind of vent your frustration and get any kind of reaction there i think constructive always, is always the best initial approach um I'm sure they're well aware of it. That's the only thing. So what do you do then? Well, you talk about the the legal requirement. You talk about the business case. So particularly when it comes to mobile, which a lot of, you know, anchor software is, it's the apps that are related to the, you know, headset or whatever it is that you've got. Um, When it comes to mobile, the accessibility requirements are what everybody needs. Because, you know, if you've got a vision impairment and you need to have a decent default font size and good color contrast to be able to see it at all, that's exactly what somebody with no vision impairment at all needs on a sunny day. If they haven't got a mega phablet, you know, if they've only got like an Apple mini or something, um, iPhone mini, then, you know, you're gonna need that because that is not an ideal viewing condition. And so they, for those minutes are, you know, temporarily impaired as well. And Microsoft talks about this a lot, situational impairment, you know, juggling your phone one-handed, Bumpy Bus, Noisy Cafe. There's loads of instances with mobile where we're all kind of extreme computing and the requirements to, cover, to cater for someone with a 24-7 impairment will help those people in those instances. So, you know, maybe that will get some traction with Anchor to say, look, guys, this is just going to make your products better for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's not a simple solution at all. So no. there's a lot of people, just they're just not interested. I mean, logic tech, like you guys were talking about earlier in the week, just not interested in their utilities. They're not yeah, alone. I mean, totally. Logitech,
1: Elgato, who provide some brilliant products.
0: Road. all of the ones Road. that you were talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah, and actually a lot of these products that a lot of blind people would want to buy, right? Um, and
0: they're being shut out. We are being shut out, which is not great. I do smile though when Sean gets really animated about how it's so wrong. Not that I disagree with him at all, just that we kind of, feel like we're we're a big enough group and an important enough group to for them to care about because I mean we are, we should be. It's should it's the right thing to do. It's also a legal requirement. But I mean, you know, we're a subset of a subset. There are other accessibility, you know, there are other disability groups that have other accessibility requirements. If you put them all together and you present them to an organisation that are totally non compliant and non caring at the moment, that's a heck of a to do list. So, you know, I I totally have, I empathise with how frustrating and very wrong it is. But at the same time, you know, have you seen their priority list? It's GDPR, it's, you know, security, it's um, the bottom line, it's, uh, you know, making sure that they're compliant with a whole raft of legislation. And we're right down at the bottom of the list. Now, I know that, that is going to make a lot of people think, well, hang on a minute, what are you saying, that we shouldn't bother? No, just that I don't think we fully appreciate how unimportant we are. And that's why AbilityNet advocates all the time and makes sure that when we talk to, you know, or are on government committees and big decisions about strategy and legislation are taking place, that accessibility isn't forgotten about and is duly factored in. Um, like there's a committee at the moment a consultation process about multi-factor authentication and that's massive because that's going to be affecting a lot of people to even be able to sign up in the first place um but yeah we're a we're a subset of a subset and accessibility as a whole taken as a whole is a really very complicated area so yeah we should we should really push hard but at the same time we shouldn't be surprised that um they have deprioritized us when there are so many other really, you know, hard commercial pressures in these organisations. And with Anchor, you know, their margins must be slim because they're so cost-effective, aren't they? They are really value products.
1: I'm so glad you said all that. I really am because I think that, you know, I think that two things can be true at once. And I think you're absolutely right that it can be the case that we are a very small group of people in the bigger picture. But that also... That there's a legal requirement that they must yeah. follow. And it's trying to get away from the this this idea, because we would love to jump in and, and, and try, it's so tribal online nowadays, and everyone just picks a side, and this is e- eking out into everything that we, we do in every conversation you have these days, um, be it political or otherwise. And I think it's it's quite dangerous, and it's quite damaging in a lot of ways, because it doesn't really allow for that kind of nuance that you've just brought into this discussion and bring in that kind of perspective, I think is really important in all of this. I mean,
0: we should be frustrated and we should be vocal, but at the same time, we need to have some sort of perspective, like you say, because, you know, AbilityNet's a pan-disability organisation. And when we go to talk to uh, companies about accessibility, we're laying the whole spectrum on the table and it's a much bigger discussion than just VI or the subset of VI, which is... You know, say screen reader friendly. Um, It's a much bigger ask and it's a much bigger journey and learning curve for them. But, you know, there are brilliant examples Microsoft, Apple, Google that really have prioritized it.
1: Um, I think gaming as well. I think gaming is a really interesting area at the moment where, you know, we've seen some real strides, although those real strides have taken a long time and a lot of advocacy. And that's the point that it takes. Time, you know, I have been slaughtered on social media for saying, "Take, you know, patience is a virtue," and then people get all wound up about, "Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not waiting for that ten years." I was like, "Well, no, no one's saying you do or should," but the truth is that there is a reality out there that if you go to a company and say make your product accessible, even if they really were on board and the, the, everybody was like, "Yeah, let's do this," it's going to take time. Even if they wrote the app in a week, they'd still have to submit it to an app store and get out of there. It might take another month. It's not, things take time. That's the point. Yeah. And patience is important. Look, I'm going to take a break because we're going to come back. We're going to, do, uh, we're going to talk about keyboard shortcuts shortly. Mm. I'm very excited to talk with you about this. You've got your lists. I've got mine. So we're going to get to that next here on Double Tap. Listen daily from noon Eastern on AMI-audio or search for Double Tap in your favorite app. We'll be right back. This
2: is Double Tap.
1: Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Double Tap. I am Stephen Scott, and Robin Christofferson is with me today. Sean is under the weather. Uh, which in the UK could mean anything, to be perfectly honest, because uh, you know weather <laughs> is one of the topics we love to discuss the most, Robin. And you know, it's been pretty rubbish. <laughs> yes, we've been under a blanket of rubbish for the past couple of days. It's been terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, but yes, we do have to complain about the weather. It's not like we've anything else to complain about in this country, you know. But we we seem to pick the weather as one. Anyway, um, let's talk about shortcuts because um, I do love a good keyboard shortcut or a good keyboard Mm. command. And um, I'm on the Mac a lot. I mean, I kind of drift now back between Windows and and Mac, but I kind of live mostly on the Mac. And I just wanted to share a few of the keyboard commands that I found. And I was kind of wondering if you'd like to maybe join me and maybe show what you found on the Windows side.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you go first then.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Right in. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Um, a lot of people I mean keyboard shortcuts are dear to everyone's heart I'm sure who are a screen reader user and so there's going to be people shouting at their uh, phones saying what about this one what about that one I totally acknowledge that and we haven't got all day with you know it's a short segment so we're going to yeah. just cover a few things that I'm hoping might be news to people but also I'm not just going to go obscure because a lot of these are really really useful so Um, I'd hate for people not to be aware of them. So it's kind of a mixture, really, but I totally acknowledge up front that unless this was a four-hour podcast, we're not going to cover your favourites, probably. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. We all know Windows D for desktop. I'm compelled to put that one in there. It's also Windows M for minimising all all applications, but Windows D tends to get the focus to the desktop more quickly. And I've got oodles. I've got dozens and dozens of shortcuts on my desktop, which are kind of keyboard shortcuts because you can add them. So if you create a shortcut to a web page, to a folder, to a, an application, to a file, then you can put those on the short, on the desktop and you can assign a hotkey of your choosing to them. So that I use Windows D an awful lot to get there um, for the ones that I haven't assigned keystrokes to. And then you can just use first letter or, you know, you can start typing the, the name of the shortcut to quickly get to them and then just hit enter. But I would assign hotkey combinations to as many as you can until you run out of them.
1: Yeah, run out right. of keys.
0: Yeah. Uh, Windows 123 etc are for launching applications that are on the taskbar and they're usually the last ones you've opened but you can pin your favourite application so if you don't want to go down the shortcut route by creating a shortcut to something and then assigning a hotkey to it then if you know in your taskbar you've got Word, Edge, Outlook, whatever it is then that would be Windows 1, 2 and 3 and if you pin them they're not going to change they'll always be 1, 2 and 3 etc otherwise it'll be in the order that they were last opened
1: and can I just j- jump in just to say, because I think this is really important. I know a lot of people will listen to this show who are not blind or partially sighted, who aren't using screen readers. These work across the board. This is not exclusive to people who are blind who use these, right? This is for everybody. Totally.
0: Yeah, I mean, we. I use JAWS and there are dozens and dozens of keystrokes for every instance and you know they they depend on where you are which application or whatever it is you're doing i'm not going to cover any of those so this is all mainstream stuff absolutely so when you hear a pop-up um they call it the toast in the bottom right corner then it's windows a now these are for windows 10 99 of them are going to be the same for windows 11 but i haven't been able to upgrade because i'm on a mac and it doesn't allow you to upgrade to windows 11 not with my version of VMware, which is the virtual machine that I'm using. So I'm oh, really? this is Windows 10, but I think they're 99% the same. Okay. Uh so Windows A will take you to that and then you can just tab through them. It's the kind of notification center basically. Windows E will bring up uh Windows Explorer, which we all use all the time for getting around. It's so much nicer than the Finder on the Mac. Yeah, <laughs> which- and, and do you know what?
1: A lot of people do not know that command windows e i have friends of mine who use computers for years especially those who use jaws and they would have what they do which i used to do until i learned the command was i would hit the windows key and then type file and then start typing file explorer until it came up and then hit enter and that was me into it but windows e is is the quickest way to do it right and open a new version of it as well if you need to open more
0: than one yes it will open multiple each time you do that Alt D will take you up to the address bar there so you can read what the path is to the folder that you're looking at. You can you know, type CMD to go to the command prompt if you want to do a quick uh, command line instruction, which are much more powerful than GUI stuff for people that are ancient. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something we covered, um, which is golden, if you like emojis like I do, not everyone's a cup of tea. There'll be a cup of tea emoji, I'm sure, is Windows <laughs> full stop. And we covered that on an earlier show. It doesn't speak super well, but it's incredibly accessible if you, um, for example, when you do it a second time, it says um, emoji panel open again, where it's not. It's actually closing it. So there's a couple of like oddities. But if you go back and listen to that episode, it's super easy to use the emoji panel. And every single emoji, you can either you know arrow through or you can start typing to get to... to you know bring your list down to um what you're on to about you know pumpkin or um hot dog or whatever it is you want this is a <laughs> relatively new pumpkin one hot dog yeah um, I, i'm windows, sure someone will develop it yeah windows h for dictation really well, really useful for start yeah. and stop dictation yeah really really good is that windows only in I? text fields Yeah, you need to be. um, I don't know whether it fires it up when there's no cursor flashing, but I think you probably need to have the cursor somewhere before that will work. Yeah. Um, We need to go into settings a lot. Windows I. I'm sure you know that one. Hmm. Windows R for run. I use this all the time because sometimes the start menu can be a little bit finicky. And it can take a little bit of time to come up and, you know, it doesn't always get the thing as you start typing. I know you can arrow down through the start menu and go to apps that way, etc. But if you do Windows R, it's a really clean run dialog box and you can start typing the name of a file, the name of a web address, the name of a folder, um, you know, like documents. You could start typing anything in there and chances are it will open it super quick. So I love the run and the run. Um, dialogue remembers a history. So if you do Windows key and R and you can start arrowing down through things that you asked to run recently in recent history. So that's super powerful as well. Mm. Um, there are keystrokes for bringing up Narrator, for example. It's Windows Control Enter on Windows 10. I'm pretty sure it's something different on 11, isn't it? And Windows no, Plus. No, it's the same. Oh, good. And the Windows key and Plus is for opening magnifier. Hmm. So those are all the Windows ones. I've got a couple that are application-specific. Well, I'll get to them in
1: a minute because I want, yep. to have, I want to talk you through some of the commands I've used yep. on the Mac recently that I really, really love. Um, I mean, the one which I think a lot of people will know, I mean, you know, there's the obvious ones, right? So there's command C and command V to copy and paste, C to copy, V to paste. But one thing that the Mac isn't clear about is how to move something you know if you want to cut something on uh, on a PC it's you know control X and then control V to wherever you want it to go and it'll move it there whereas on a Mac well it didn't didn't seem to have that option there's no cut command Uh, so I found this one which was option command V and if you hold down option then command then V it will move whatever is copied so that is the way of moving a file rather than just pasting it somewhere rather than just copying it so that's pretty cool. I love that one. Yeah, uh, that's I, golden. It yep. is, isn't it? I mean, it's just that. Mm-hmm. how many times I do this. I mean, I, I usually save anything I'm doing on audio to my desktop first. So I'm working off my computer and then I move yep. it to Dropbox when I'm done. So I'll just copy the file and then I'll just option command V to take it straight over to whatever file in Dropbox it needs to go into. So you should brilliant. say
0: that all the standard stuff like... Um, Copy, paste, print, bold, all of these things which on the window uses control on the Mac uses command, which is where the uh, alt key is, yeah on the PC, and there, as, there's parity there, pretty much, but then there are these notable exceptions like that one, and just like deleting a file, you can't I just guess. hit the delete key
1: doesn't work with that, do. does it? No, you've got you to do a command and then backspace, backspace for some <laughs> reason. Although it is good because it means you can't easily delete things, yeah. uh, which yeah. is good news. Uh, the other one which I learned recently, and I had no idea about this one until about what, a week ago, and this is what kind of sparked this desire to do this show on this topic, was option enter. So if you're on mm. a line, if you're on a, a link on a website and you're trying to download a file, option enter will just do it for you. It'll just go off and download the file. That's what it does. So it won't, it'll activate the link, but it will also, more importantly, it will download the file associated with the link. Now, obviously, if there's no file there, it'll just download whatever the web page is or whatever is you know connected to that link. But if you're on a file you're trying to download it, uh, that's one easy way to do it.
0: Can I just talk about menus? Because mm-hmm. one really powerful thing about the Mac is that everything still has menus. Um, But the downside is that unlike on Windows, it doesn't have like an underlined letter each time. So, you know, we're used to, as power keyboard users, um, doing, you know, Alt F to drop down the file menu. And then each of the things that you arrow down, it'll announce what the, the hotkey is for that. Now, until quite recently on the Mac, so on the Mac, it's Control Option M to go up to the menu. And then you can arrow along, you can, you know, get to the view menu. You can't just hit enter. You have to do control option space and then you can arrow down. But until quite recently, I didn't know that you could actually do first letter navigation. So you Mm. can do control option M to go up to the menu bar. You can do V and it will jump you straight to the view menu, for example. And you can drop that down. And then if you know the first letter of the thing you're getting to, then that works. But it doesn't announce it. And that's my you know that's what I find challenging on the Mac is that you're left in the dark when it comes to keyboard access they're hidden you have to go and really dig them out and there probably will be something but it's certainly not surfaced very easily
1: now you know what it's like you want to send an email you you we're we're always in this situation and I don't know about you but I tend to just quit applications when I'm done with them and then open them back up when I need them later on mail is one because I like to get things done without endless notifications that I've got a new email Uh, So how do you quickly jump in and get a new email going? Well, you can use Command-Shift-I, and that will open the mail application, and it will drop you right into a new message. So you can just get started. That's a cool feature. Uh, I use that quite a lot, actually. Command-Shift-I is brilliant for that, just getting right in there and getting to a new mail message. I do it every day. (laughs) Um, The other one, now you mentioned Alt-D, which if you're on a web browser, Edge, Chrome, Safari, whatever it might be. Um, If you go into a web browser, you would do Alt-D on a Windows side to get to the address bar. On a Mac, Mm -hmm. that's Command-L. Don't know why. (laughs) Um, But there you are. That's what it is. Um, (laughs) For location, I think. Yes, probably. (laughs) Command-space is good as well. Now, Command-space, if you just press Command and then hit the space bar, that will open up the Spotlight tool, which lets you just search the Mac for anything. Most times I'm using it for opening up an application, um, a bit like I would do if I was hitting the Windows key yeah. on uh, on a, my a PC. Game. Yeah, it yeah. just brings up that kind of option to just search. And it's, you know, I've had mostly good things with it, but only when I'm looking for the top thing. Anything beyond that tends to be a bit problematic. But there is another function of command space, which you might not know about. And that is you can set City to be set up to work with this. So you can hold down command and then hold down the space bar and that will activate city for you. So if you you can use command space as you do, but then you can also have command space and hold the space bar, and that will let you uh, talk to Siri if you want to. It just brings Siri up for you. A couple of others Another to mention. I didn't know. Did you not know that one? <laughs> no, I always. Got I love this. This is why. This is why we're doing this, right? Because there's so many things we all do every day that we just do, and we don't realize that actually, you know, not everyone's using all this stuff. That's really good. Um, no. I, I, there's a couple of different options when it comes to screenshotting, but I, I'm picking this one in particular because it's very blind-friendly, and that's Command-Shift-3. It basically takes a screenshot of your entire screen. Now, there are other ones. There's Command-Shift-4 and Command-Shift-5 that do different things, but they require you, I think 4 requires you to drag the mouse and, and select a, a portion mm-hmm. of the screen if you wanted to, and then 5 you can choose to either screenshot the screen or a portion of the screen or even video the whole thing. So there's there's more options there with three, four, and five. But three is the one for most people. If you wanted to take that screenshot, um, if you've got a linked to Dropbox account, you'll probably find the first thing that will happen is as soon as you do it, it will ask you, do you want, do you want to save your, your screenshots over here? Because Dropbox is really needy. So that's something <laughs> to uh, be aware of. Um, Command, control, Q. Brilliant if you're leaving your Mac. uh, Maybe you're in a public place or you're with someone and maybe you're on a train or something and you're leaving your your laptop behind for a minute. Command Control Q locks up your Mac, just puts you back onto the lock screen. You can come back, put in your your, uh, password or use your Touch ID to get back in. And, you know, simple space bar, right? Simple, simple thing like a space bar. So the space bar, when on a file, when you're actually focused on a file, you can preview a file. I use this all the time for audio files. Yep. Is this the audio file I'm looking for? Hit spacebar, it starts playing it right
0: away. I don't do anything. If and that's wanted, so I different even... from Windows where I space know. just selects something. Honestly, guys, it's very disconcerting, but yes. And, and actually, very it's powerful. one of the most, the one of the best
1: things about parallels and using parallels with the VM, like you were talking about earlier, using virtual machines and stuff, is mm-hmm. that you can actually have the spacebar functionality to preview in Windows, which is the best thing ever. Huh. You can actually bring that in as a feature, but that's another story. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned uh, settings. Well, another thing, of course, in an application is the individual preferences for that application. Command yes. comma is the one you want to remember. Which happens in that.
0: every single application, unlike yeah. on Windows. come comma, comma, yeah.
1: Right, give us some of the, the other ones you were going to mention, because I've got a few other voiceover specifics before we go.
0: Brilliant. Um, one other addition to your um, locking one is the, the sleep So I use my Mac in clamshell mode all the time with an external monitor, which just doesn't happen to be switched on. So my Mac is always closed. So how do I kind of power it down? It's command option and then the eject key, which is next to F12 on my keyboard. And that, you know, if you can hear the fans, which you probably can at the moment, um, that will, within three seconds, put it right down into sort of standby mode and it comes up very quickly when you bang any key uh, when you come back to your desk so from a power point of view and from a security point of view command option um eject is that one nice so yeah on the um window side so on office um so this happens across all office applications and i could say so many and i know you guys are shouting your favorite ones now (laughs) Uh, alt q because the Virtual Ribbon is evil. I mean, the, um, the Ribbon on all Office applications is horrible, oh, it's horrible, Yeah, even with the virtualized version for JAWS. Alt-Q is my favourite keystroke in all Office applications. It takes you up to a little search box. You can start typing, you know, like, out of Office, and it will take you straight to automatic replies. Oh, if you wow. narrow down, you get all the different hits. Or I if you start typing, you know formatting or something, you know, arrow down, Um, remove all formatting, you know, things like that. So really, really powerful. Another top, top one is Shift F3. Again, across all Office applications, if you've messed up the, having the caps locked down, um, you can toggle between all caps, all lowercase and kind of sentence case. So if you select the text that you're not sure about, do Shift-F3, it'll toggle between the three. And certainly with JAWS, anyway, it announces. So if you put Hello World with a capital H and you do Shift-F3, and then it'll say H-E-L-L, it'll say the whole thing in caps, do it again, it'll say everything in lower, and do it again, and it'll say a capital H-E-L-L-O. So really powerful, that one. For people who aren't sure, and obviously in JAWS, there's the text analyzer, which will pick up on stuff like that, Mm. but we're not being screen reader specific here. So... Shall I carry on? Well, we've only got a few minutes left. Let me
1: just bring yeah. in a couple of these. And Hi I am going it. to get a little bit voiceover specific here because I have to. I yeah. think voiceover is one of the least talked about ones when it comes to all these different commands. So let me bring in a couple. And it's just a few. Um, VO shift. Now, VO, of course, if you're using it, you'll know that is control, that is uh, option. And that is what VO is. That's the voiceover or caps keys. Or if you want to do that. Or caps lock, you can change it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, Control and Option are your main VO keys. Hold that down. Then hold down Shift and then press F11. Uh, if your function keys are set to be function keys, F1 to F12 and not you know, the media keys or anything like that, uh, otherwise you'll have to hold down the function key as well, uh, press F11 and that will turn on and off screen curtain, which you know on oh. JAWS you can nicely use. <laughs> That's quite nice. I love screen cutting. It's my favorite feature of all. Um, although, interestingly, if you do have it set to a certain um, resolution on the screen, it will only show you like a quarter of the screen in screen cutting mode for some reason. I don't know why that is. Um, it's resolution
0: specific. It is resolution wow.
1: specific, yes. Yeah, so you have to default. Make sure that's set to default. Otherwise, it won't work. Later, or look yeah. like something's wrong with your screen. Uh, the other one, for just getting through quick settings, like you know, if you want to change your voice or change the rate or pitch or volume or anything like that, Um, In a rotor, then you can do that with VO, command, shift, and then right arrow or left arrow. So that's voiceover, the keyboard, command, shift, uh, sorry, um, control and option, then hold down command, so those three keys, then shift, so basically (laughs) all the keys, and then right and left arrow. And that will take you to a menu uh, which is voiceover specific, and that menu will give you like voice, rate, you just arrow left and right between them. then to change anything in there, keep your fingers holding down the VO, the command, and the shift, and then press up or down arrow, and that will change the setting so you could make the, the speed of your voice less or, or faster or change the voice itself, whatever you would like. Do you know? Um,
0: in, that's iOS, a great in, one. Um, in Ventura, in the latest update, you don't have to hold them down anymore. They'll stay on screen, and you can just use the arrows, and they're really responsive. Oh, unlike, that's good. They used to be really sluggish. But yeah, now just do it to invoke it, and then It'll stay the same until you get into Oh that's
1: them. even better Because actually there was a bit of a pain Having to hold them down in that length yeah. of time So that's that's yeah. brilliant um, V-O shift and L voiceover keys shift and L Do you know that one? No So that'll describe an image for you Oh. And it, it doesn't matter whether there's alt text on the image or not It will do its best to go off and get the answer You're testing it now a bit um, It also describes objects in pictures If it sees like a tree or a dog or four faces with smiles, whatever you can think of, um, that might be in an image, it will go off and and try and get that information for you as well. There's two other, well, three actually I want to mention, but but kind of two tied together. VOI, so voiceover keys and the letter I, brings up the item chooser. The best Feature in the world. I was just going to say that's
0: the, the most important one you've mentioned today,
1: <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it just is so valuable to, to move around. So let's just say you're in an application. Our, our best example is you say you're in settings. This is one example. You're in settings and you're looking for sound. Now, there's different ways to find sound. But let's just imagine that we, you know, instead of arrowing all the way through or VO right arrow all the way through all the different preference lists. You just bring up the item chooser. It will bring everything it sees up into this this table in front of you, this column in front of you. You just start typing sound, S-O-U, and that is it. It will drop you on sound. You hit Enter, and you're there. Your focus is right on it, and then you can view uh, space to select that. That's what the item chooser does. It works on websites. It works across applications. If it's on the screen and it can see it, it can find it because basically it's taking everything it sees and just putting it in one big list. You can be more specific with VOU, which brings up the rotor to choose between, say, on a website, headings or links or whatever. You can be more specific with VOU. But VOI just shows you everything. So if you don't know if it's a heading, if you don't know if it's a, you know, I've been on websites which it just, we don't have the glance feature, you know, with the smart mm-hmm. glance like you do with JAWS. So, you know, this is the best way to kind of very quickly look at what you're, uh, or trying to find what you're looking for. And finally, you might know about V-O-Z, which mm-hmm. is to repeat the last phrase spoken. So if you've heard something and you think, what was that? What, what did that just say? You can repeat it. But with V-O-Shift and C, <laughs> you can copy the last spoken phrase to the clipboard. Let's say, for example, as is often the case with me, TeamViewer ID or a TeamViewer password, which I often have to go and get when I'm on uh or I call with Ira, and sometimes I can't always get into the field to get the text so I just I just use VO Shift C I just open up a, a text edit document and I just paste in that number paste in whatever information it is you, there's also ways you can even get them copied out to like an MP3 file and get that delivered to your desktop there's lots of cool stuff you can do yeah. honestly we are out of time Robin but I honestly there are so many great keyboard commands we could talk about we should, we should do more favorites. of it send in your favourites yeah send in your favourites exactly keep in touch with us feedback at double tap on air you can also drop us a voice message on one 803 4567 Robin, this has been a lot of fun. You want to come Thank back tomorrow?
0: More.
1: Yeah, go on then. Okay, then. let's do it. Thanks, Robin. Bye.